0: Welcome back to Local News Live. Ahead of International Women's Day, which is tomorrow, we are interviewing some female founders of companies and celebrating their achievements, but we're also raising awareness about bias against females in certain industries. And today I spoke with Patty. Ricarte Iguaz. She is the founder and CEO of an app and a website. And she kind of talked about some of the challenges that she's experienced being a female founder in the tech industry. And I also spoke to her about starting her business in the middle of a pandemic. Let's get you over to that interview and learn a little bit more about Patty. Um,
1: So Kato is an
0: enterprise
1: networking and relationship manager, So think of a mix between a LinkedIn, a Salesforce and Linktree. So basically what we work on is helping professionals within a company, basically better network through interactive digital business profiles, but also increase their relationships or build more meaningful relationships through a fully integrated client manager. Obviously it has also been a very, Tough journey. Being a woman in tech, especially in times of COVID, is not an easy thing. Because I mean, obviously, everything everyone needs funding, especially in tech. There's a lot of upfront investment that you need to develop a product, to build it up, uh, and then to take it to market. And uh, something that I've realized that has sort of like I don't know, uh, but I feel sad about, about about that is that there's very few female in in vcs of today and obviously when you look for funding you la- you try to look for some sort of like chemistry with the, with the person that you're talking to. Um, so the same you know with uh, uh funders in uh, in vc they try to find founders that they feel some sort of chemistry with so obviously having only 15% of of um, general partners being female, that means to have like a smaller group that you can really like address to. And um, even within those, uh, even within that group, something that I've realized is that they're very sort of like focused on female related startups. So there's lots of VCs, which is good. I mean, that means there, you know, there is this change going on, but there's still many VCs that are very focused on. Femtech, health, direct to consumer beauty and not really enterprise tech or enterprise software, which is what I do. And actually I was reading an article the other day that said only like 2% of startups in in the United States have a female founder in in enterprise tech. And if you consider exactly, and if you consider that many of these general partners are ex founders well, obviously, you're starting with a very small number. So there is a very small number of, you know, potential investors that you are able to address. Um, so obviously, it's been a very tough journey. I mean, I've had to work a lot on increasing my network, especially, you know, being Spanish. I'm not American. So I came to a new country. I had to basically uh, start from the very, very, very bottom, try to meet people who would introduce me to other people and sort of like scale it up. And uh, obviously adapt myself or my or, or my ways of networking to more of a manly, um, you know, type of like a relationship. I like I wouldn't have imagined myself a few, a few years ago, you know, uh, talking ice hockey, drinking mezcal on the rocks, you know, so that I could be a little bit more approachable to male uh, or, or to the male sector. But yeah, for sure, it's been a, a very interesting tough path and we obviously still have a lot to go a long road to go sorry but uh but yeah it's been it's been an interesting one
0: yeah so it sounds like you faced some um unique challenges being a woman in tech is it did you anticipate that or did it come as a surprise
1: um a little bit as a surprise so um once I started, you know, focusing a little bit more on fundraising and building relationships with investors, that's when I realized like it's very related to the network that you have. It's very related to the friends that you have, having people that you know that work in spe- that work in specific VCs that went, then will introduce you to other VCs. And again, because there's so few female in enterprise tech, is for it's hard to get those first introductions because you don't really have a group to go to. Um, so it was a lot harder than I had anticipated. I must say. Um, obviously, you know, there has to be a transition, so it cannot go from white to black or from black to white. Uh, so I think uh, the female founders right now, just such as me, like and you know, like other other ones that are out there, we are the ones that are suffering the transition. You could you could say, but uh, but hey, we we work hard to make to make this change and uh, to hope for a better future for for other upcoming uh, female founders in tech.
0: And let's talk a little bit about that. So you you, and the other female founders are trailblazing for the next generation and hopefully they won't have to adjust their style of networking to be a little bit more manly in the future. Is that the future that you would like to see, see uh, more women in in the tech industry? I would
1: love to. I mean, that's something that I'm missing a lot. and. Obviously we are the ones going through the transition, but there's a lot as well that that is related to education. Um, and again, like it's changing, but it's taking time. Like I've been educated, you know, that the best things for a woman would be maybe in my case, like my parents, which I love them and they've, you know, they've given me everything they have, but they sort of like raised me thinking like, okay, you should have a job that will allow you to take care of your children, you know, maybe work in law. So Or this as a woman, this is what you should be liking, you should be more into beauty and you should be more into fashion, and these are the themes that you should be talking about. So there's a lot that needs to change as well in terms of like education and how how we raise you know future generations. Um, But again, like I would love, you know, to come to a point in the future where you can be just in a room with tech founders or VCs in tech. And no matter your gender, no matter your race, I mean, everyone is just the same. So I would I would love to come to that point where, again, like I see a bigger representation of, of female in uh, in the tech industry. Um, it would be a very nice dream.
0: <laughs> and I did read an article about you. Um, and you had mentioned in that article when you were younger, you, you know, paid more attention to science and you wanted to be an astronaut. And yes. do you think that that? Um, to get more little girls interested in STEM and science and tech, do you think, what do you think needs to change uh, to get, to grow and facilitate these little girls to be where you are when they're adults? It's,
1: it's been a lot of a culture cultural influence, especially, I mean, I'm Spanish, as I mentioned before. So in Spain specifically, we're a very sort of like classic country. Where the roles of like the female are very defined in in society, so it's our job as the you know of the ne- as the next upcoming generation of, of parents, basically whenever we we have children and we educate them to ensure you know that we are open to offer them like all of the possibilities. And if you see that you have a, a little girl that you know is addicted to science and she loves science, she loves uh, building Legos and. Uh, you know, for Christmas, she asks you for, I don't know, like a, a car that she can drive rather than a Barbie that should be considered something normal and not something weird. Um, so it's pretty much on us. That's what I feel. And, uh, you know, and uh, again, like as as more people come into parenthood, just to make sure that the type of education that that we give our children is a little bit more open in terms of of stigmas or what should be considered good for a little girl or for a little boy, because maybe, you know, maybe the boy wants to go into fashion. Um, that's also just normal. Uh, so again, like, I think it's just a, a generational change and a lot it's on our shoulders.
0: And do you see that changing in our lifetime? Do you think by the time, you know, 10, 20 years passes, that it won't be such a rarity for a woman like you to want to develop an app and to network with all of the, the big tech people? Do you see that changing in our lifetime?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so. The the thing is that you just need a few of us to get started. Um, it would the problem would be if there weren't even like people like me, like other you know great female founders out there. So as long as you have a few people that you know that are pushing to make that change, I really believe that it will eventually happen. Because I mean, people are very open to embrace. I mean are really like looking forward to embrace that change. It's just about someone taking those initial steps. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel that now we have come to that point. So I really believe that this is something that should, I mean, that the ecosystem, you know, of uh, VCs, uh, female in enterprise tech should really change in the next 10 years.
0: If let's say a little girl is watching this and she does like, she goes to STEM club after school, instead of, you know, playing with Barbies and she, she's looking up to you right now, wanting to be like you, what would your message be to her?
1: Oh, to go for it. (laughs) Yeah. That she shouldn't be afraid, um, that in many, many times she will feel that she's different or that she doesn't fit in, uh, in, you know, in many of the conversations amongst her friends or just in, uh,
0: many aspects of society, but it's okay. She shouldn't be afraid. While you were trying to launch your app during the middle of the pandemic, what were some challenges you faced that you wouldn't have faced if we weren't in the midst of COVID nineteen?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the key ones is that my application was initially thought for a lot of like face to face encounters. So that was the biggest blocker that that we had whenever we went to market. And we wanted, you know, to do those initial testing. It's just that people were all working from home behind their desktop. So thank God, you know, we've developed both a desktop version and a mobile app version. But still the the vision that I have as a company is about people networking and building relationships uh, that will eventually turn into deals. So obviously a lot of that implied people actually meeting and getting to know each other. So um, obviously, that was a very challenging moment because it meant that we had to rethink many parts of of the application. So um, obviously, we had to uh, adapt uh, very fast and adjust fast, which is at the end what many founders you know learn to do is you need to be very flexible. So whenever you know there is any cause that is, will imply you know changing, direction of your company, you, n- you need to make sure that you can take action as fast as possible. So obviously, learning how to react very fast, one of was one of the key takeaways from uh, from COVID. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was sort of like our, our main struggle trying to find a new concept of the product that could also be used from home behind a desktop. Um, thank God, you know, we came with something that that I was able to that people were able to be used. So there's like a lot or, or basically a, a big desktop functionality where you can even like connect more on like a LinkedIn style and still use it more as a CRM from your desktop. So obviously there are the things that you're missing at the, on the mobile level, but, uh, but we managed to adapt. Um, but again, it was a, a, a
0: continuous
1: learning process.
0: So if people are interested in learning more about your app or learning more about you, where can they go to find more information?
1: Yeah, Um, so you can go to our website, uh, caronetworks.com. There you can find information about the application. You can create your own account, which obviously I invite everyone to do it because uh, it's going to help them a lot with their networking and relationship management efforts. And if you want to learn a little more about me, I mean, I'm always happy to talk to people about uh, tech, Building a company, uh, being an immigrant founder—I mean, uh, how to you know how to overcome those obstacles. So feel free to look me up on LinkedIn, Patricia Ricarte, and uh, just add me and just you know just leave me a note on, on what you want to talk about, and uh, I tend to be very welcoming uh, in in those sense. I mean, I've received a lot of help, so now it's my turn to give back to to other founders that are exploring uh, exploring well different ways to launch their their project
0: and I want to give you the final word about women in tech and maybe speaking to little girls to help build their dreams is there anything you want to say to help encourage someone that may be wanting to be a woman in tech eventually
1: Mm -hmm. um well obviously as I was mentioned before you, you you may be afraid but there's no need to be afraid uh the the path is rough but it's rough for everyone you know what is important is that that we keep pushing and that we're just mentally ready so there are very few moments in life where especially in the level of founder where things will go as we want so it's just about being psychologically prepared for a very tumbly road and just think that problems will always happen will always be there, but it's just by, you know, trying to obviously overcome the obstacles and, uh, and, uh, you know, and try to always keep the vision in your head or where you want to take your company because that really, really helps on on the day to day. And again, uh, and for all of the little girls or, you know, your other women that are trying to explore uh, fundraising, I mean, sort of funding their own company well, obviously I want to push them because I want to incite them to help, join me you know, to make this change and uh, hopefully in 10 years from now, we can go into a VC conference, a tech conference, and see that half of the people there are, are female.
0: Well, Those are very great, empowering words, especially since International Women's Day is tomorrow, so we're going to keep up this theme all week long of featuring uh, women founders. And we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Local News Live. Thank you so much for having me. All right, some great words to end there that if you are a little girl or even a teenager, even a full grown adult, and you want a successful career in tech, her words to live by were, don't be afraid. And I did want to tell you a little bit more about her company. Let me pull up this screenshot here for you. So she started this company, as she said, in the middle of the pandemic. And essentially, CADO Networks is a virtual company that helps users build and maintain meaningful relationships. And they also use it as a way to... Um, to organize business cards and calendar scheduling and video capabilities. And as she mentioned, uh, enterprise technology, that's not a, a typical tech field for women. So if you are a woman thinking about getting into the tech field, don't let any limitations hold you down. All right, so we appreciate her message there and we appreciate her for joining us.